0: This year, we've been meditating on one single verse on this Easter weekend. On Friday, we actually looked at the first part of this verse, Romans 4, verse 25, and then asked question, "Why is Good Friday good? How do we see the goodness of Good Friday?" And let's do a little recap and before we jump into how do we see the living hope of Easter. There are a couple of things that I'd like to say up front about the Good Friday. And I'd like to repeat myself what I said in the, on Friday, Good Friday service. The grace of God love of God, the Good Friday, the goodness of Good Friday should shock each one of us. We must be so surprised by the grace of God. How good, how great Good Friday is. The second point of today as we begin about the resurrection of Christ, and I'm going to say up front, and this is where message is going, I believe the scripture, God's word, says that if we have risen Christ as our living hope, we have the greatest strength in the whole world Even using the terminology of Star Wars, it's not, may the force be with us. May the living hope of risen Christ will continually be with us. But Good Friday first. The single verse we've been meditating on this weekend was from Romans four twenty-five. Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and that was the first part. The three things that we see in the goodness of Good Friday is, it actually begins with sin. Did you know sin is the single most important concept to understanding Christianity? All other religions doesn't start with sin. Some kind of self effort and reaching up to God, we actually start with impossibility because of our sin in the heart. It's not just because of what we did, but because of who we are in depravity of our heart, we end up sinning. So when you think about the cross of Christ, the death of Christ and suffering of Christ brings up the gravity of our sin and our savvy world doesn't like to even talk about use the word sin anymore isn't it but it is true the history divided with one person the single greatest event that divided the whole world was the cross of Christ and the reason for that was because of our sin So most people think of horizontally when you think about sin. It's doing something wrong, breaking the law. But the Bible in Romans 3.23 says sin is actually falling short, missing the mark. And Greek word is hamartia, is when you shoot the arrow, the arrow falls short, miss the mark. It from, came from the archery language. So meaning that when you think about horizontally, I'm not so bad. I didn't commit any crimes. I didn't rape anyone. I didn't murder anyone. So I must be okay. Uh, yeah. So most people think like that. But imagine that we all line up in Laguna Beach this morning and decide to swim to Hawaii. Hawaii that we will not depend on any kind of help and there is not a single person who could make to make it to Hawaii horizontally there will be so many differences to so many people who who would die within 5 minutes or so but many of us who are athletic maybe be on the water for several hours the distance could be Very significant from a horizontal level. But from the bird's eye view, if you just go up, we can't even mark the difference, can't we? See, the reason why we don't feel the gravity, because of that we don't feel the shock of God's love and grace, and we take it for granted, is because we compare ourselves with others, and because we do not really know God. And oftentimes, we don't really see our sin unless we come to the light. And God is light, the Bible says. And the reason why people don't come to God is because their darkness will be revealed. So, unco- according to the scripture, this gravity of sin, sin and the perfect standard of God, holiness of God. And God is a kind of God who, who has this justice for all evil in the world. At the end of the history, there is, won't be a one single evil that will be looked away. And in theological term, it's a retributive justice. Every single sin will be paid for. Isn't it comforting in you know, knowing that so many the wrongdoings unto you and by some evil person, no matter how small it might be, no matter how subtle it might have been, no matter injustices that looked away, or no matter how severe that crime was? The righteous judge will make it everything. Retributed. That is the justice of God. God is just God. And God will not stay with any tinge or hinge of sin. And third point, is that God the father delivered up his own son for our trespasses. Many of your dads and moms, and you would feel the pain, even your son or daughter getting a little bit hurt. But God, out of his incredible, amazing love and grace, he would give, deliver up his son. For you and me. So, if the retributed justice is that we are sinners and the, the wage of sin is death, according to Romans twenty three. The death once again need to be clarified a little bit. In in our conventional language, the heart stops, or EKG, or stops. We call it the person is dead. According to the Bible, the Bible defines death as a separation. Three kinds of death. If you commit sin, you will die. The wage of sin is death. Number one is a physical death. Our spirit being separated from our body. Number two, spiritual death. Being separated from God. And number three is eternal death eternally separated from God. And people usually know it as going to hell. This was the justice of God. So instead of letting us condemn to sin and die and for eternal damnation, what has happened was God offered up. Okay, let's make this picture very clearly. God became human just like you and me but who had no sin and Christ while we're yet sinners died on the cross for our sins because of the love of God so this is not the point of that Christ is, is you know, blocking us from, from angry father where actually God himself gave as a sacrifi- sacrificial atonement. It's called a, when you think about it no one can really die for that kind of death. Right? Because we all are come short of glory of God. No one can swim to why? And there is not a single person who could die twice. And Christ died on the cross by God's willing offering and delivering up. And that is amazing grace. And I'm praying that the eyes of our heart would be open to this, the reality of sin in our lives. And grace of God. Well, that's not the end of the story. Today we begin to go into the second part. And the question that we're asking is how do we see the living hope of Easter? What is the big deal about Easter? There are three things at least. Number one, we must see that Christ's justification becomes ours through faith in the risen Christ. The second part of Romans 4.25, Jesus delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Notice that this is a passive, not an active acting on on Jesus. One could say um, Jesus rose from the dead. Nothing wrong with that. But in the the reality of what has happened is that Jesus entrusting his entire life to him, to the God, the Father, and the Bible calls that as obedience to the Father, to the cross. In other words, he gave himself up on that cross for your sins and mine. And what God had done was raised him from the dead. And there's another word that uh, in everyday language is not familiar. The justification. Another synonym would be salvation or eternal life or going to heaven. But unless we look to the scripture, then we will get confused, misled about that as well. You know why that is? So Typically, when you look at uh, TV commercials or, or even uh, Hollywood movies, heaven is something that you could do whatever you want uh, in, a, in a bad, narcissistic way that people can eat everything Anything you want, you don't get fat. You don't have to worry about cholesterol anymore, and you could drink beer as much as you want. You you'll not become alcoholic. <laughs> and another kind of noble sense is that we get to see uh, my grandma. I missed him so much, missed her so much. And then oh, we get to see everyone we sa- said goodbye in the funerals. We will be together again. Husband who lost his loving and beautiful wife through accident might say that. But think about this. Salvation. Justification. Eternal life. and Going to heaven in light of scripture. If God's not there, that's not heaven. You could Think of anything you want. You could do anything you could do in that place. And That is a perfect place. And God doesn't exist there. God is not there. That's not heaven. Jewish people, because of Old Testament, actually understood this. When they heard justification, it meant automatically... having right relationship with God. Okay, at this moment, when I if I ask you to think of a one person that you would like to be, and it doesn't matter how long it will be, that you would choose that person, for example, to be an island for the rest of your life, just two of you. It could be your wife, it could be your husband, it could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be your best friend. But when you think about this idea of having right relationship with God, because of the distortion, we don't we don't tend to think about it God that way. God is some supreme being that has issues with this right and wrong, and that we have to pay our dues or do good things to measure up to his expectation. Our, our earthly parents who messed up their parenting out of goodwill, but because of their dis, you know, dysfunctionalism when they're growing up, the cycles, never-ending cycles were, went on and affected them. Yeah, we could say we didn't have a good earthly father figure, or earthly mother figure. Let's not project that. The Bible says, God is good. The goodness of God is never, can be fully understood. Anything that we see as beautiful and good came from God. And what is evil? Anything against or opposite or different from God's standard and core is evil and sin. So heaven is to be with God in such a way that God designs us in creation. We lost that because of the sinful nature, because of the original sin. So the justification, once again, how do we become justified with our own Religious fervor? No. With by morally being good? No, we come short again, no one can swim to Hawaii. And what happened was Christ died on the cross on our behalf, in our place. Sacrificial death, atoning death was paid in full. So that's why the religion is defined do, D-O. Because you have to do things to get to God. But the salvation in Christ, the gospel, is spelled D-O-N-E. Jesus' last word, one of the last words on the cross is it is finished. The work of salvation has been finished. The, all the things that needs to be paid. Paid in full. Imagine this. That Christ is sitting on the cross. And he became sin. Taking our past and present and future sin and died. And that much we understand. right? So he died as a sinner. Although he was not a sinner. But if he was not raised from the dead his justification, his righteousness would not be declared. So that's why when you think about 1 Corinthians fifteen, seventeen says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. This is why the resurrection of Christ, Easter is a big deal. Moreover Romans 5.10 says for if while we are enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. We might as well um, substitute that word life as by his justification. You know what happened in um, in Romans 6, 8 the summary for that is now if we died with Christ we believe that we will also live with him his life becomes ours his death became ours already his justification becomes ours when we put our faith in Christ let me reap the harvest but a lot of theological terms are here And when you think about Jesus' resurrection, it is the evidence of God's declaring, my son who died as a sinner on behalf of the sins of the world, I am declaring he is righteous. He is justified in my eyes. That when we put faith in Christ, not because of our good deeds, but because our union with Christ he died in my place and his justification becomes mine. He, will, he was resurrected. I will be resurrected. This is the plan of salvation. So living hope comes with this. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh and forcing sin. Christ condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? You know what that means? The whispers in the middle of the night, the evil one, the Satan, or the, your own um, habits of to self-destruction, whispers, you're not good enough. You messed up in your marriage. You didn't do the right thing as a parent. You blew up again. You lost your anger, and at work, you know you you're beginning to get noticed as not a good worker or whatever that might be. The self condemnation comes. The living hope is: uh, if I am in Christ, there is no condemnation whatsoever. See, simply put, there are two categories of people God designed here. The first Adam committed sin, and under Adam we are all born. And if you are under Adam, we cannot escape the wrath of God. our sinners. But if we put our faith by grace, which means undeserved favor of God, as a free gift if we receive Christ through faith and we become a child of God who belongs to Christ and this very thing is a living hope Let me bring to um, down to earth. S- some of you um, had a wild life. Many of us did, you know, lived the, the way you want, and then come to realize I gotta clean up my act. And that is actually the beginning point of seeing your brokenness. Seeing how messed up you really are inside. Because you thought that you make up your mind, you could be better on something. Oh self-improvement on the surface might happen. The same thing for me. And as a pastor, in the middle of the night, I get up in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. The first thing thought come to my mind is not a, oh, how... Lovely I am. It's really how messed up I am. The living hope in Christ is there is no one who can condemn me. Because my righteousness, my justification, my salvation doesn't come from my source, but from Christ. The second thing that we we need to see is that we must see our justification in Christ gives us a living hope in facing today, including hardship and sufferings. We just meditated on a single verse, right? Romans 4, 25. Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And being in right relationship with God. Salvation. And then you might ask, well, what is the result then? And why is a justification that good? And Romans 5 verse 1 starts with that. actually gives us the list of it. At least here, the present ones are there for us. Verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Did you see that three things right away? We have peace with God. Peace of God is something that you physically feel. I mean emotionally feel and peace of God and you know you feel the peace in your heart but peace with God is a, more of a legal term. This is a positional thing. It's declared. God has nothing against you anymore because of what Christ has done for you and because you belong to Christ by faith and faith alone. So being in that heaven you could walk in because you have a peace, reconcil- reconciliation with God. That is the first and foremost present. Even every single one of us, if you belong to Christ, if you have placed your full faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have peace with God. Isn't that great? Furthermore, second thing is uh, we have access to grace, in which you stand. We don't have anymore the legal obligation to measure up to God anymore. Grace means unmerited favor of God. Anything that we need freely to live a holy life that God desires, we could... We have access to approach our Father for forgiveness, for restoration. No matter what kind of weak that you might have. No matter how messed up. No matter how disgusting you feel about yourself. And no matter how subtly prideful. And you sense that. The access for restoration. And forgiveness. And new strength and renewal. Is available to everyone. Who has this justification. Justification. And thirdly, we rejoice in the hope of glory. God's glory is not fully, but already here, that we could experience God to a certain degree. And when we may begin to live today's Christian life, we actually experience the eternal life. Taste, the foretaste of a little bit of heaven. Okay up until now you guys you might thinking, you might be thinking what has got to do with my own life and this is the incredible thing this is the most realistic thing this is the reason why I say this is the greatest strength and power and force in the universe for you can have that you can have to face today some of some of us in our in our church in our community been waiting for job for month several of our families are facing a fear real fear because our loved one has a cancer or incurable disease and maybe some of you the marriage has been really really difficult Maybe you, you feel the wall at, in terms of your career. You're approaching 40 and maybe even beyond 40. Am I in the wrong career? Is it too late to change? I could, I could never see doing this for the rest of my life. What do I do? I feel trapped. And some of you cannot kick the bad habit you know it's unhealthy for you but you're trapped and you're you're wrecked in some sense you're stuck in that unhealthy behavior some of you are taunted i mean taunted and and chased by this the past hurts and even even if you want to somehow relieve that by By going to counseling or reading self-help books, it doesn't work. The living hope of Easter is when Christ has a right relationship with God, God becomes our Abba Father, which means Daddy. And He, can I remind you, created the universe. He is almighty, omniscient, all-sovereign God. And on top of that, not only He's all-powerful, He's all-good. And I often say this for those people who struggle, and even when I struggle in trusting God in, in the daily ta- difficulties, if we don't have a problem trusting the fact that Jesus died on the cross, God died on, the, on our place. If someone died in your, out of love, for you, would he mislead you? Can you trust that kind of God? If you are in that relationship, read the, the following verses in verse three, Not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character and character produces hope, and hope doesn't put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I think one of the biggest lies, and even in, in, in the name of preaching the gospel, this lie came in. And you come to God and uh, come to Christ, all your problems will go away. And you'll be wealthy and you'll be healthy. And for the rest of your life. You will enjoy prosperity. No. The simple true truth of life. Life is hard. Life is difficult. But God is good. If God is for us. If Abba Father. Is journey with us. Suffering of to today's present, right now, even if it's a hardship and sorrow and, and pain, we could face it. And in Romans 8, Paul puts it this way, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we're being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The first century Christians it meant physical dying physical death, persecution but even in that Paul claims that living hope gives him the power to be more than a conqueror's So I, I want to. I want to talk to you, in the most genuine way I can. Without throwing anything um, to muddle the this talk. Many of you believe in Christ. Maybe going to church and you have in some certain degree been faithful in attendance and participation. Do you believe that reason Christ lives in you that you have a living hope the fear that you feel right now and your worries that you have for your children for your family Unmet needs of your life. Do you believe the living hope you have has the greatest strength you have to overcome and to face? Oh, if you could see at least some real living person for that. I think that will be very helpful. For me, it was my grandmother. My grandmother, before she passes away, for several years, she was wearing oxygen mask at home. Can't go out. Can't do anything. She's always in pain. But I see the joy that I never had before. The Bible is usually open. But even in the middle of the night when she prays out of agony of his her pain, she leans on to her Abba. That picture of leaning on leaning hard on her her heavenly father spoke so loudly more than more than any sermons I heard and indebted to that spiritual heritage my, my grandmother had for me. For several years, she lived like that. The daily difficulties that she had. And even the very thing that she enjoys going to church. She wasn't able to go to church for several years. At least for five, six years. But instead of being a burden and cranky, you know, old grandma, she exuded joy. Bubbling joy, supernatural joy. There's a third thing that we need to see as a living hope of Easter, which is we must see that our justification in Christ gives us a living hope in facing tomorrow, including uncertainties and faith. Going back to Romans 5.10 again, for if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. M- much more, now that we, recon- we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And the reason why I'm recoding this verse again is, by his life meant by his resurrected life. That we will be saved means that we will be resurrected. Remember those three 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 death. the salvation means being saved from these penalties physical death is part of that even though many of, many of us belong to Christ that we're going to die so that hasn't been taken care of yet as of yet when you come to know Christ immediately the access happens opened up by grace through faith in Christ so we could actually talk to God as our Abba Father. The spiritual uh, separation has already taken away. So when we die physically, if we have Christ because of justification that Christ gives us as an imputed justification for us, that we will not be damned. We will not be sent to hell, so to speak. We will eternal for the eternity spend the fellowship with God. And the question about, what about physical death? Because when you think about full human being, a full human being is not just a spirit, but soul means the spirit and body together. So those who went to be with God, so to speak, when Jesus comes back, there will be a day of resurrection. Yes. Christians really believe this. The twinkling of one eye, our bodies will be changed from a mortal body. It's not a resuscitation, resurrected body. A, it becomes an immortal body, just like Jesus, that we will live forever with God. there is a reason why I expound on these theological concepts because that is the truth of God unchanging truth of God on which we stand so when you think about our hope living hope looking, looking, looking forward to uncertainty of future and even death and death of your loved one or even your own death. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 40, 54 to 57. Paul exclaims it this way. When the perishable puts on the imperishable. And the, immo- the mortal puts immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O that where is your victory. O that. Where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, in Christ, we have overcome the power of death. So let's summarize in this one. Facing death, um, I, I've been I've been dragging and fearful about going back to the physical. It's been two three years already, and we changed the doctor and the you know, insurance. So I, I'm in my 50 year and I'm going to turn 51 this in two three months. So, some of the uncertainties are there. I'm not as young and healthy as I used to be. My children remind me all the time. (laughs) But to be honest with you, more than my health, it's uh, my brother's health. I have a brother who's also a pastor, two years older than me, and he became a spiritual mentor. Such a uh, sharp thinker, and I learned so much from him lately. But about one and a half year ago, uh, he was diagnosed with this in, uh, incurable disease, brain disease called a PML, and his speech impediment has been gotten worse, and he has hard hard time walking because of right side. And his kidney failed. And if you ask me, what's tomorrow like? When I think about tomorrow, it's uncertain. Because basically we're waiting. He had to resign from the church that he he planted. Um, He can't speak. He can't can't write. All those things are on hold. Where does the money come from? The big question mark. Somehow God provides month to month. It's been three months already that he didn't have a fixed income. But God has been supplying. So for six months, we're kind of waiting. It's supposed to get really worse. People die from this disease. Or he he could somehow miraculously get healed. We've been praying for that. So if you ask me, Paul... Can you be honest with you, with me, and what do you feel like when you think about future? Oh, for some reason, it's more painful to think about my brother's future and his his family and his kids than my own, because I don't have control. I don't know what's going to happen. With all honesty, whenever I feel that I turn to this living hope in Christ, and suddenly my perspective changed. Even the death that looks so scary that will swallow up my, my brother. And according to this passage. For eternity compared to eternity right now is about this much. Sisters and brothers who belong to Christ, the church of God. Let me challenge you. Do you really believe that? Will you put your hope in Christ or in your circumstances, in your sight or feelings? And I hope you make up your mind. Because the society becomes continually become more evil, meaning very savvy and drifted away from God, and more and more becomes men centered, isn't it? It's hard to be a Christian in the savvy world of Western culture. And no wonder, you know, we just read. Some of you probably read that too. The blog says that China, mainland China, becomes. It's becoming the largest the nation who has most Christians. In a few years, it's going to be declared that way. Why? There's a persecution. It's, a, it's not easy to be Christian. And clarifies this. People make up their mind and commit their lives and say, the world behind me, the cross before me, I will follow. Living hope is living hope when you put your full weight of trust in the risen Christ. And I hope you do that. I hope you face your current hardship and, and future uncertainty, including death, like a conqueror. Not because you're strong, you're so weak, like, so am I, But Christ is greater than all these. And he has overcome. I conclude with this final thought. Um, Was it 1974 or so? um, The gospel songwriter and performer by the name of this couple, Bill and Gloria Gaither. And they were faced with this horrible news like the probably one of those uh, Korean ferry disasters as of now the death roll toll went up to 58 people and still 250 high school kids teenagers still trapped and most of them probably are dead they cannot. The survival rate is almost zero. They said. Experts are saying. How horrific! Because of one person's, the the captain and his crew's an irresponsibility. Unthinkable, thing. So Bill Bill and Gloria Gator maybe somehow read that kind of story, nuclear war and and things like that, and they were traumatized every morning. She would wake up. Gloria Gaither would wake up. Pregnancy, this baby will come out into this horrible, sinful world. I don't know how I could handle this. And in their meditation, these words came. And the living hope took over their hearts and became strongest force. And they wrote this words. And they praise God. This is a merely the chorus part. Because He li- lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know He holds the future and life is worth the living just because He lives. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you go today, not just on another regular re- religious service, that you go back to your own life. Would you go with this living hope? Tell your friends and your loved ones about this living hope. Put your weight into that risen Christ so that you could share boldly and confidently and more than that let's thank our Father our, the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit who enables us continually come to Christ for restoration and renewal may the Lord be with you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you as you put your entire weight of faith in Christ, the risen Savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the living hope you've given us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We pray that this morning if anyone in, sitting in this room hasn't made that faith commitment, Holy Spirit, would you open his eyes, her eyes, and would you challenge that person to come to you in empty-handed and naked in his own uh, humble posture and save that person. For the rest of the people in this room, we pray that you will strengthen our faith and increase our faith that we might be able to live out the living hope as real in our everyday life. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.